Stand on the box, stomp your feet, start clapping. Got a real good feeling, something bad about to happen. Hello and welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is Something Bad by Carrie Underwood and Miranda Lambert, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Abby McIntyre. Abby was a two-time IWCOA high school girls' state champion at Glenwood High School in Iowa. She recently became an All-American at Grandview University after placing third at the NAIA National Tournament. I want to applaud Abby on her courage for being so vulnerable and sharing such personal information regarding her story. Her journey is powerful, and I encourage you to listen. If you are or have been in a dark place, you can find freedom in your story. You can lead a life that is fulfilling, and it does not define you. With that being said, please sit back, relax, and enjoy Abby McIntyre. A word of caution. There are topics of rape and attempted suicide that may be triggering for individuals. Listener discretion is advised. Does, uh, does anything change now that the season's over? Like, or what? Um, our practices will be shorter and we'll go over to the men's room and practice instead of staying in our room. And mm-hmm. like the men's and women's team will just combine for one big practice. And then I think we have like two days off during the week. All right. Yeah. yeah. What about what are you doing during spring break? Working. Working? Nah, not going to like Panama City or anything? No, I did <laughs> have plans to go to Texas to go see my brother because mm-hmm. he used to live down there, but then he moved back to Iowa. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man. <laughs> so he moved back to Iowa and so you didn't get to go to Texas. What a jerk. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> What uh, what's your course load looking like? Is it? Um, it's not too bad at the moment. I'm at the minimum amount of no. I think I'm like one credit above the minimum. Yeah. Amount. How do you balance that? That's got to be. It's got to be uh, difficult being a student athlete traveling. It is so hard. <laughs> it's horrible. Mm-hmm. It's just so difficult because you got to have time for your classes. You have to have time for wrestling and lifting and all mm-hmm. that, and then like eating correctly throughout all this stress mm-hmm. and then like finding the time to do homework mm-hmm. and then like with that little time you have left like some people use it to relax some people use it for like their social life but I have to use that little bit of time left to work awesome. so thanks so you just got a full plate yeah that's gotta be tough but I mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you balance that mentally? Um, mentally? Oh, it's hard. It's really yeah. hard mentally. But yeah. like um, my, I have about an hour break in between every class. Mm-hmm. So like I have an old teacher of mine that's kind of like a mentor now. Nice. Like her and I will just hang out in between my classes over at Grandview because they have like the alt center, the Jensen center, like just different places for people just to sit around, you know? Mm-hmm. So like 
we have this thing we call the lunch bunch and it's just a bunch of people. So obviously there's the cafeteria like over here mm-hmm. and um, I'm not a big people person. So <laughs> I grabbed my plate from there. And one day I was like, I'm just going to see if I can, you know, walk over there and eat my lunch. I was like, obviously I'm going to bring the plate back. So yeah. I like to carry it to all my classes with me. And so I just walked out one day and with my plate and drink and there were didn't say anything so I was like okay so I just started eating lunch over there and then like you could find some of the introverts and see them because then they would start (laughs) doing it and then they would bring their plate over and Mm -hmm. yeah so you have your own little group now going from eating alone to like now everyone eats alone but in a group yeah (laughs) out of the cafeteria (laughs) (laughs) and no one's ever said anything no I mean, somebody questioned me once, but it like wasn't even the first like week that I did it. It was like a few weeks ago there. It was a new person that just got hired by the cap. And they're like, where are you going with your plate? I can't get out of here. I was like, "Uh, yeah, I can't. What do you mean? Because after I started like taking everything out, like I noticed a lot of people, um, there was like tables in between the, have you ever been to Grandview? No. Mm. Okay. So there's like a little skywalk, a bridge uh, between these two buildings. The calf's over here and like where I hang out is over here. And there's Mm -hmm. this little bridge right here. And there's tables and chairs in here and the skywalk bridge, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's tables that people used to do like homework at. But now Mm -hmm. like if it's breakfast, uh, dinner or supper, sorry, I call my meals. My family's from the south. Yeah, did you say breakfast, dinner, and supper? Yeah, I got it for my grandma. She's from mm-hmm. Arkansas. Yeah. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. <laughs> um, like now I start to see people like eating in the bridge at the tables. So. Hmm. So how'd you move? Okay, now I'm curious. How'd you come up, get up to Iowa then? If your family's from the South. Oh, so my grandma and grandpa are from the south but then they moved up here when they had my mom Mm -hmm. but that southern lingo still stuck with them you know yeah so like my mom grew up calling it breakfast dinner supper and then Mm -hmm. like my dad he calls it breakfast lunch and dinner but sometimes like he'll get mixed up with it and call it breakfast dinner supper like (laughs) (laughs) so i just used to hang out with my grandma a lot when i was little so i just it stuck with me yeah. Is is your dad from the South too, or is he from up here in Iowa? Or, uh, he's from Iowa. Yeah. A little, a little town outside of Glenwood. Oh, really? Okay. What town is that? Uh, Silver City. Okay. Yeah. Cause so I'm in Omaha and I got oh. married, I got married in Glenwood. So been At over the there. Yep. Valaterra. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. So my sister got married there. Really? Yeah. Nice place. We went back back this past year for like our five year and uh, it's pretty neat. You know, they kind of gave us a little tour again and had some wine and it was cool. Their wine is really good there. Yeah. Yes. Are are you of age? No. It was at my sister's wedding. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One of uh, her husband's friends, they were like so drunk. They're like, here you go, Abby. I can't finish this. I think I'm going to throw up. And I was like, please don't throw up. 
<laughs> I was like, please don't throw up. And he goes, see if you like it. See if you like it. I was like, okay, I'll see if I like it. When, was How, um, when did your sister get married? September. Oh, so it was recent. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Breaking yeah, the law. had a really, really pretty wedding, and her dress was so pretty, too. Yeah. Were you in it? Yeah, I was one of the bridesmaids. Nice. You know, I always like, you know, being in the wedding. You don't have to plan anything, you know. You just have to show up and yes. eat the food. <laughs> so. I know. At first, she was going to have me be her maid of honor. And the oh. maid of honor does so much. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Aubrey. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. That's and then... My best friend, so she just got married, but her husband is in the Air Force, so is like a quick house oh. went thing. Yeah. Because he went to deployment. So when they when he comes back, she asked me to be her maid of honor. And then so she's pregnant. So I'm nice. she asked me if I would be the godmother of her really? baby. Congrats. Like, I was like, of course. I just <laughs> oh. and the funny thing about her and I is so we were adopted on the same day, month, and year. What? Really? Yeah. You and your friend? My friend, yeah. The same day? Yeah. And you didn't know each other? Like, no idea? No idea. And then we met when, so her family moved to Glenwood. And mm-hmm. so we got put on the same soccer team. And so ever since then, we've just been best friends. What wow! What a yeah. small world. Like, cause you know, obviously Glenwood is not this massive metropolis of a city. So <laughs> to have somebody move that close and play with you on a soccer team in a small town, like, yeah. <laughs> how did you find out? Um. So I went home for winter break, and she like stayed the night at my house for like a week straight because so in high school she moved to Arizona with her family oh, okay yeah and so her family moved back and so when I went back home for Christmas she just like you know we hadn't hung out in so long so she just stayed the night for a nice. week straight nice. <laughs> like I went to work and she just hung out at my house and then I was at work really <laughs> yeah but um we were looking through old uh, photo books yeah. and uh, I was like showing her some of my adoption photos and she's like, when did you get adopted? I was like, um, national adoption day in 2009. And she goes, stop. Really? I was like, yeah. She goes, I did too. And I, was like, no way. <laughs> I was like, that is so cool. Dang. You know, I also, I always like it when you don't have to be there but your friends can just like come and hang out. Like that's, that's, that's really special and cool. Cause our, our friends were able to do that. And so I find yeah. that just very, you know, we didn't have to be there. So you could leave and they felt comfortable enough to stay. Yeah. Like my house, it's like a open door. Um, I can't think open door rule or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're always welcome to come in and out. Like all of my friends call my mom, mama D and <laughs> Everyone calls my dad Papa Joe. So, and then the what? What do you call him? You just call mom and dad. Yeah, I just call (laughs) dad. Well, sometimes I'm like uh, mama, 
because sometimes when you're out in public, there's a lot of people saying, mom, you know, Mm -hmm. and then so uh, my grandpa, he goes by Papa. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) one time I called my dad, uh, shoot, pop, pop. It was something weird like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just to see what he would do. And he was like, what? (laughs) But they're just mom and dad. Yeah. But to everyone else, they're Mama D and Papa Joe. Yeah. Or from the wrestling team. So my nickname is Tank on the wrestling team Mm because I'm built like a shit brick house, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So they call them Mama Tank and Papa Tank because on the wrestling team, my nickname is Tank. Tank. Who gave you that nickname? Uh, Allie Reagan. Really? Yeah. And it's just stuck. Yeah. Were you just wrestling with her and you just bulldozed her over and she's like, why don't you just... <laughs> yeah. That was going to be one of my questions. So you wrestled 143 last year. Now one seven you, last year. Oh, you 17 last year? Okay. So when did you make the jump from 143 to 170? So um my high school I had wrestled 120 freshman and sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And then junior year, I wrestled 132. And then my senior year, I wrestled 132, 138. And then mm-hmm. at nationals, I jumped up to 140 something, whatever it is for the high school weights. Yeah. And then, um, so in high school, I normally did cross country wrestling and track to keep mm-hmm. me in shape. And my senior year, I, we didn't get a run junior year because of COVID, you know? Yeah. But my senior year, I was like, well, I'm just going to make money, you know? So uh, working long hours at the nursing home and eating nursing home food, which (laughs) is high in carbs and calories. I just kind of slowly gained the weight, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I used it to bulk. So I'm not like upset about it at all. Yeah. Yeah, I was curious because normally, like, you see the growth spurt in girls at a younger age. Yeah. You know? So to see you kind of jump levels as you got older, um, you know, I just was curious how that how that worked. Because yeah. for anybody jumping, you know, from 138, and now you're wrestling 170, that's that had to be a transition for you. Oh, yeah. Definitely different styles of wrestling. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, you know, yeah. Um, you know, did you pack, did you hit the weight room or did you just start eating meat, you know? See, so my family's a big meat family to begin yeah. with because, you know, small town, Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, uh, not, it's confusing to explain it, but mm-hmm. basically my old foster parents that we're still really close with, um he deer hunts a lot he Mm -hmm. gets like elk he has cows that he butchers you know and so um uh we pay for the paper some expensive paper because you know Mm -hmm. you can't buy me that's you know Mm -hmm. so um we always get our meat through them and oh we have a fridge inside okay yep Yep. We have a freezer outside. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we have a freezer chest mm-hmm. full of meat. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. 
just because my family loves me so much. This like, deer meat or what? Yeah, deer, cow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had turkey once. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, your basic meat. Yeah. But, like, instead of turkey or ham for Thanksgiving or Christmas, it's steaks. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> well, hey, you know, you did say you have an open door policy. So maybe Thanksgiving, I'll just come over and have some steak. You're very welcome. We always have mashed potatoes, oh. uh, my mom's macaroni and cheese casserole. Yeah, my grandma does the mashed potatoes. They're grandma's recipe, even though it's still mashed potatoes. You know, we <laughs> yeah. just call it grandma's recipe because yeah. nobody's mashed potatoes are better than grandma's, you know? No, no, that is true. And then my sister, she's she's a teacher, but she does a lot of baking and mm-hmm. cooking. So she always makes us like homemade cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Like the morning of Christmas and all that. She's mm-hmm. Amazing. Wow. How do you balance that when you're wrestling? You just, um, you probably, so, you cut much weight. No. Nice. Good. I, anyway, I don't, yeah. and I love it. Mm-hmm. Like, so this past weekend, um, so earlier in the season, I weighed in at 164. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So like, I just, I love sitting light and normally I'll sit around like 66, 67, mm-hmm. but, uh, later in the season, I was like, wow, I should drink more water since I'm sitting so light, you right. know? Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I just, I've been increasing my water intake and, uh, So this past weekend, I weighed in at 68 or something the first day, you know, really light. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second day, we get a pound allowance, but I'm pretty sure I weighed in at like 69.3 or something like that. Like still super light. And I like drank easily half a gallon of water. Mm-hmm. I had a sandwich. I had a foot long also. So I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich afterwards and a foot long in between sessions and a bunch of fruit snacks. Cause I just love fruit snacks. You know? <laughs> yeah. And like, I was just snacking all throughout the day too. And I got back to the hotel and I was only, I think 71.5. And I think with eating and drinking so much, I just float so much weight so easily. Yeah. Yeah, and I just love it. That can be kind of dangerous though when you're that when you can be that far under because then you can eat whatever you want, but that might hurt your performance because you're eating whatever you want. Yeah. But I so I used to like stress eat a lot and I still do, but I'm better at controlling it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like if I don't stress eat, then like I'll just binge it, you know. So like I try to have moderations mm-hmm. and like allow myself like oh here's one cheat meal you know or something like that mm-hmm. i can't help but notice also did you get your nails done i did <laughs> is that was that a treat to you after the season it was so <laughs> i started doing this in high school i get my nails done at the end of every wrestling season just as like a one good job to Mm -hmm. to like distinguish wrestling season and after season to like give myself a little break you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you treat yourself any other way 
Well, Gushers obviously looks like Gushers. <laughs> um, I'm a big project person. Yeah. So, like, in order to relieve stress, um, reward myself, like anything, um, let me show you this patch. So this stand isn't all the way done, but I built it and stained it. And then I actually built my bed frame. Really? Yeah. And then, yeah. So I don't know how stuff. So if you like walk in, you see it looks like it's floating. Yeah. Yeah. That's what and I you did. Built that. So it's like a floating, it's like a floating bed. Yep. Yeah. Dang. And you're going to, you said you're going to stain the, the uh, nightstand yet or? Uh, so I did stain it. It's just okay. not completely done because mm -hmm. I did that in like 15 minutes. So <laughs> it's kind of um, cricket in one of the places. It's yeah. like this. And so I'm just going to like slowly push it in. How'd you get so handy? I grew up on a farm. Yeah. So I've been around tractors, wood. Like my dad built our uh, house. Really? Out of the country. Yeah. He built. He built your house. Yeah, and wow. the shed right by it. So the house yeah. is right here, and here's the shed, and he built them both. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I just, oh. we're a very uh, handy family, you know? Yeah. What, um, what's your next project going to be? Um, so I got this shelf mm -hmm. and I put it up, but I plan on getting a few more mm -hmm. and then I plan on putting shelves on this back wall mm -hmm. so that it will look cute. And then I bought this hanging thing right yeah. here. And I plan on getting real plants for it because this one is fake. Uh, I was going to ask if you watered it yet today. No, it's a <laughs> fake one at the moment. I'm yeah. just waiting until... Um, so one of my old roommates, her boyfriend has like a plant shop. Mm -hmm. So I'm just waiting until he's back in town to... Gotcha. Yeah. I just didn't like the look of this plain thing hanging there you know yeah yeah so it sounds like you have some some good things to help you disengage from wrestling yes. i think that's important i also make tie blankets really yeah i have nice. six of them <laughs> six of them and i have more at home really just all different kinds of like uh are they like sports teams or um so this research also helps me, um, like, with my feminine side, if that makes sense, you know, because being a wrestler and lifting and all that, all the time, you get a very um, masculine look and edge to you. And so, like, this one, it has mountains because oh, yeah. I, I just love Colorado. And yeah. so this reminds me of my trips out to Colorado, and then it's just plain on this side. <laughs> And then the I have one that has like flowers, uh, flower pot, 
um, a watering can. It has shovels and bees. And so it kind of, so in a way they kind of remind me of like people. So that one kind of reminds me of my grandma because she's Mm -hmm. always out in the garden and I used to make bouquets out of her little flower garden. And then I have a sunflower one because sunflowers are my favorite flower ever. And my mom used to give me a lot of sunflower things. So it kind of also reminds me of my mom along with myself. And then um, an old friend of mine, uh, he went and picked out a fabric and then I went and picked out a fabric and we couldn't see each other's. So then I made a tie blanket with those two. And then Olivia, my roommate, my old roommate at Grandview, um, we made tie blankets together and she we picked out a black um black piece for the one side Mm -hmm. and then we picked out a fabric to go for the other person so like for her I picked out um this really cute flower pattern it was like purple also it was just really pretty and then for me she picked out cows (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah they all like have some meaning to them and then my other one um I was just having a really rough time mm-hmm. uh and Olivia went and picked out some fabric and she like gave it to me as a gift and she was like here oh. you go I know making tie blankets helps you a lot so yeah mm-hmm. wow very handy <laughs> you know you, one thing you said was like you're you know wrestling is a more of a masculine sport per se so then how did you find your way into wrestling (laughs) so um two things um one i used to go down and watch my brothers wrestle and one day i saw him throw a kid in a headlock i was like dad i want to do that (laughs) yeah and then um so this part might be a little sad or different okay Mm -hmm. so this is like part of my story that troy and i were trying to get out and help others with you know Mm -hmm. so um i was raped and abused a lot when i was a kid and in foster care so uh subconsciously i believe like i started wrestling and things and lifting because i was like oh nobody can beat me now you know like i can beat up whoever and then i just like fell in love with the sport because it's wrestling. Like, I just love the sport, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that. that that's gotta be tough. Yeah. But, you know, you found the, the positive in it. Now, now look where you're at. Exactly. Did you ever imagine that this is where you'd be and that you, yeah. you know, that you were going to be like, how good were you when you first started? Um, so girls and guys develop differently you know and like at a young age a girl is much stronger than a guy Mm -hmm. so in like peewee and up to middle school like i was just killing all the guys you know because i yeah i've been wrestling since i was six wow yeah going on 14 years wow so yeah but then like in high school Mm -hmm. um I still didn't wrestle girls until my senior year, mm-hmm. except for the state tournament my junior year. Mm-hmm. But like, there was no duels or tournaments except for the state one, you know? Mm-hmm. So 
during high school, um, I earned my spot on the varsity team, but it was so difficult because uh, I couldn't just out muscle them anymore. I had to like perfect my technique. I had to find like speed and mobility and just all of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what helps me so much with wrestling girls because some of the girls I can out muscle, but I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Like I want to use my technique that I had to learn and use and just, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of, a few of the, not a lot of, a few of the girl women wrestlers that I've talked to in the past, they said it was like devastating when they, because they would dominate the boys or they would wrestle with the boys. Um, And so when they got to girls and women's competition, they got beat. It was like devastating because they felt like they shouldn't lose because they've been wrestling with the boys all the time. Yeah. Did you have that sort of same experience where you wrestled a boy and you got beat and you were like, what? Or a girl, I should say. Um, not really. I mean, I get sad when I lose and I get upset when I lose, but I haven't really lost a match and been like, damn, like I could have done this and this and this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like with wrestling guys my whole life and then going into the one state tournament with girls, you know what I mean? I was kind of prepared. Like my coaches, they, well, I guess my coach, he was like, Hey, so these girls are going to have different body types. Their hips are going to be better. They're going to be like yours. Like you're wrestling you essentially. Mm -hmm. So like I was kind of prepared for it mentally. And then in college, just being in the room and practicing with all of the girls, it really helped me transition from competing against guys to then competing against girls. Yeah. How about also the transition from wrestling folk style and now you're wrestling freestyle in college? I miss folk style. Really? <laughs> yes. I love, well, it's a love hate relationship because <laughs> Also, I also love that my fireman's is now worth four instead ah. of two, yep, yep, yep. you know, and a tech is only 10 instead of 15. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. like it has its pros and cons, but I, I don't know. I just used to love um, top and bottom Yeah. because uh, I was very dominant on top. I always did a, trap and jam and then I went to a butcher and just walked around the head Mm -hmm. and so kind of miss just being able to do that because when you're out like this and you try to reach over and then if you do get the arm all they have to do is like not not tilt their hips because they're laying flat you know yeah and in freestyle it was like a oh I just got I mean, in folks, I was like, oh, no, I just got put on my stomach. I need to build my base. Yeah. So, like, you could tilt them a lot easier. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd say at the moment, I like freestyle better just because the four points and then the tech, it's just. <laughs> yeah. And you get a second break. Yeah. 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 Like, the periods might have been two minutes. 
but you didn't have a break in between the periods. Like mm-hmm. it was basically six minutes straight with like a 10 second top bottom or neutral. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, one thing I did notice when you were wrestling at nationals this year, you had to, and, and this is common in NAIs, you had to wrestle a teammate. Yeah. I always wondered how difficult, because I, I was at the junior college national tournament here in Council Bluffs, and that happened a few times. And they were in the yeah. national finals wrestling a teammate. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't oh, – it's got to be tough. So I'm just wondering now from your perspective, you won 12-10, but I'm just like, that just has to be tough. I hate wrestling my teammates just because um, – Either I'm knocking them to the backside or they're knocking me to the backside. But, um, yeah, it just kind of sucks all around. Yeah. Because that's your teammate, team points. You know, you're trying to win the tournament. And theoretically speaking, if they would have done seeding, not, I guess, correctly, because we got the seeds that we were seeded. Yeah. But they typically try to separate them on different sides. Oh, of okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't do that, that tournament. Yeah. And my coach was trying to fight and be, get one of us seated less than we actually were just so that we wouldn't be yeah. on the same side, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that makes sense. Cause you want to avoid that, you know, at all costs if you can. Yeah, like you want to avoid it as long as possible. Like, I think we wrestled in the quarters. So, like, even if it would have been in the semis, it would have been more understandable. But it's not even they had us on the same side of the bracket. They had us, like, two people in between us. You know what I mean? Yeah. You brought up Troy because he's the one who messaged me. And he said the who is Abby McIntyre story could be pretty compelling. And I'm like, huh, you know? Who is Abby McIntyre? So that made me that made me kind of compelled to to be like, huh? Well, not, let me find out who she is. So who, yeah. who are you? <laughs> um. So I don't know how far back to start, but at the tip of the iceberg, I'm small town Iowa girl that grew up on a farm, mm-hmm. you know, who a loves her farm? family. It sounds, like, it sounds like a dairy farm? No, it's more of an orchard. Oh, an orchard? Yeah. Okay. But we have goats and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Buster and Rose are my mom's favorite animals. And we've always had dogs and we now have a cat. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, um, Small town, Iowa girl, you know, but once you get beneath that, uh, it's quite an amazing, well, to me, I find it amazing because uh, so many people have told me that, wow, like everything you've been through, everything that's happened to you, you had more than enough reasons to be like, nope, I'm done. I'm quitting. Like, this is it for me. I gonna stop everything and I'm just gonna you know what I mean yeah because um at the so I was in foster care but before I was in foster care um I was raped and abused and sexually assaulted by my brother and my parents so yeah like it's a 
big part of who I am because I am trying to advocate for like girls that have been sexually assaulted, guys that have been sexually assaulted, like for anyone, because it's not something you can do alone. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to get through, even with others around you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, but when I was in foster care, um, my second placement at a house, um, the dad took me to the gas station to go get some bug juice. Um, but in reality, he had sexually assaulted me in the car and I was crying and he was laughing at me because I was crying. And um, he said, like, and this will always stick in my head, that he said, nobody will believe me because I've already said somebody else has sexually assaulted me and abused me and raped me. So, like, to me, that was also a big part of, too, as to why I'm trying to be so vocal about it and trying to get people the help they need and have people come forward, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then, like, it's obviously something I still deal with now. Like, I have to take depression medicine, anxiety medicine. I have to take this medicine at night that helps me not dream. Because if I do dream, it's the night terrors, the PTSD. And then I have these other night meds that help me sleep. Because if I don't, I'll, like, it's almost like I'm scared to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Like, I... I will admit this. I am scared of the dark. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just, nothing good has ever happened in the dark when I was little. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I have to have like a TV on or lights on or whatever in order for me to sleep at night. And so my night meds also help me to finally fall asleep instead of worrying, oh no, what if this happens? Or You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Um, well, thanks again. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And, um, you know, the, the first thing that, uh, you know, you said earlier, you had reasons to quit. So why, why didn't you? Um, so when I started, when I was little, mm-hmm. um, I'm a very, uh, I'm a prove you wrong type of person. You know, I just, it's the stubbornness in me. And when I was little, everybody was like, oh, you're not going to go anywhere. You're just wasting your time. Like, girls shouldn't be wrestling. And so I was like, okay, watch this. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm a pervy wrong. And Mm so one, that helped keep me going. And two, it just, I knew it's what was best for me because wrestling keeps me sane mentally, physically, like it keeps me all together and in one piece. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the other thing I was wondering is how did you get to this point where you're able to share your story like this? Um, so in high school, uh, so I haven't, been sharing my story for as long as it might seem like. Mm -hmm. So in high school, I got raped again by somebody I thought was my best friend. And 
it was somebody else on the wrestling team. And um, that made me want to quit for so long. I was mm-hmm. like, why would this happen? I thought wrestling was so good for me. And then um, one of the girls joined wrestling and she said that a guy was trying to touch her and she didn't want him to. And so she didn't want to tell her mom. She didn't want to tell her dad. She didn't want to tell anybody. And she didn't even know I was raped or sexually assaulted when I was younger. And so I just told her like things that would help, you know, things to help get you through it. And thankfully she was never sexually assaulted, but she was still more than creeped out by this dude. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so uh, she came back and talked to me like a week or two later about it. And she was like, wow, thank you so much, Abby. Like that helped me so much. It really like helped clear my mind. It, I was able to sleep just like the small things that normal people can do no problem right and then to hear her say that me like helping her because i've been through it telling her what helped me helped her i was just like wow i could help so many people and then um i was also like wow i could use this on a wrestling standpoint because although like all these bad things have happened wrestling has helped me you know what I mean Mm. like it's just amazing because not only has wrestling taught me to like let out my anger in a good controlled way but also it gives me an outlet you know it clears my mind it gives me peace and sanity and yeah Mm -hmm. wow And so you were doing this at such a young age too, talking to somebody else about it, not maybe not exactly your experience, but helping somebody at such a young age. How are you so composed and able to do that? That's very, I just, that's very mature. Um, so sometimes I get called an old soul (laughs) (laughs) and I think it's just because everything that I had to go through as a child, like I had to grow up at such a young age, like at five, I was having to learn how to cook my own meals to uh, learn how to survive like on my own. Like I had to, help take care of my siblings also when I was in foster care. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I grew up so fast at such a young age that I just matured faster, I guess, you know? And then Mm -hmm. I'm very much a people watcher and listener. So like, I'm always listening to like advice that's given to me and just advice that's given to others, just listening and watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you take that first step into getting help for yourself? Cause that, you know, I take depression meds. Um, I have anxiety meds that when it gets to a certain point, like, okay, my anxiety is really high. I need to take this med to kind of bring me back down to earth. You know um, I have trouble shutting my brain off at night. You know, I have to sleep with the TV on, um, you know, not trying to compare, I guess, you yeah. know, obviously, but just 
that I, I understand from that perspective of trying to get help it mm-hmm. is can be difficult, you know? Yeah. And so how were you able to, to take that first step? Um, so it was actually after a breakup. So, um, with this dude, I dated him for four and a half years mm-hmm. and, um, we broke up my senior year of high school. And so, um, he was almost like my crutch to it. Like we would fall asleep on FaceTime. We'd fall asleep next to one another. Like, uh, he was always there to help me sleep at night. You know what I mean? And so when we broke up, it was like my crutch was taken away, which was a good thing. You know, in the end, it was a great thing because, um, I had to learn that I had to accept help. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It made me realize I can't do this alone and I can't rely on somebody to be there because at the end of the day, it is just you and yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, but after we broke up, I had really bad night terrors, really bad PTSD. Like it had gotten to the point where like during the day, if somebody had like touched my shoulder wrong or I wasn't expecting it, like I would get a flashback and have PTSD. It was just not good. So then uh, I talked to my old, um, I can't think of what she is. My old social worker, I talked to my old social worker because she had actually gotten a job at the school that I went to. And so I went into her office one day and I was like, I have no idea what to do. I am lost. I can't sleep at night. I was like, it's horrible. There's nothing for me to do. It's just stuck. I'm stuck. You know what I mean? And um, she was like, let me do some research. Let me try to help you. She was like, because Abby, you're one of my people. Because not only did she help me with being my social worker but even after I was adopted like we would go out to lunch sometimes I was friends with her kids and like we just always kept it close you know Mm -hmm. like she's still her and I still message back and forth to this day you know Mm -hmm. so uh she came back to me and she saw this form of therapy called EMDR and it's like a, you hold these two things in your hand and like they vibrate and then mm-hmm. there's like a light, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what that is, yes. That, that helps me a little bit, you know, but obviously nothing is going to take it away. You know what I mean? It's not stuck with you, but it's a part of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad part of you. Yes, what happened is horrible and bad, but the outcome doesn't have to be and so I did EMDR and then I continued to do regular therapy so I stopped doing therapy for the longest time Mm -hmm. and then um so I have major depressive disorder just because of everything that's happened Mm -hmm. and um so this Last winter break, right before winter break, I actually ended up in the hospital because I almost killed myself. 
And so um, in order for me to get out of the hospital, I had to make up, make an appointment with my therapist as soon as possible. I had to get back on my medication. Like I had to essentially become stable once again before I could completely stop going to therapy, get off my meds and all that again. And so like I still meet with her every week now and I still meet with my med guy every once a, every, every month. And then, yeah. So that's what caused me to get help. And then when I stopped and then I got help again. So, um, well, wow. Again, yeah, you just been through so much and, um, I can relate. I have been there myself. I've been hospitalized, uh, due to, you know, suicidal thoughts, even going as far as, you know, attempting suicide. So like I've been on what they call it a 96 hour hold, you know, which is where basically the, the, I don't know if it's the police, you know, whatever they put you, they go through the judge and the judge signs this thing and says, okay, you are now basically, you won't say property of the hospital, but now you are in the hospital's hands for the next 96 hours and you are not to be released unless they basically know that you're not a harm to yourself or anybody else, you know? And so uh, I'm not sure if that's exactly what you went through, but that's, that was my experience, you know, and yes, they, you know, I had a social worker there and they had to make a plan. Um, you know, they weren't just going to let you out. Like you kind of had to have a plan. So you weren't coming back, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, I see my psychiatrist, my med guy, uh, I should probably make appointments probably you know, <laughs> every, every three months, I think, you know, um, and I see my therapist, we actually just switched every two weeks now. So, you know, um, progress being made, you know, yeah. learning to do with stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, I wasn't doing any of this when I was a student athlete, mm-hmm. you know, so like you're juggling all of this all while trying to win a national title. And it's just, I can't imagine just uh, how, how did you in the end, you know, get through and find, find yourself again? Um, I will definitely say Crimsy and Vias helped a lot because so when in December, when I, almost killed myself um my roommate also helped because Mm -hmm. I was just so ready to take some of my old medications and just because I had sleeping pills and I had a lot left over and I had a couple extra bottles and I was like nobody would know you know I was like I it would just be like I fell asleep and didn't wake up Mm -hmm. and so my roommate I was crying to her and I was like I think I need help. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, I hate living. I just want to be gone forever. Right. So um, I think what helped the most and what kept our bond so close as roommates is she did not force me to go, Mm -hmm. but she, she had it be my decision. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like she strongly encouraged me to go because that was definitely the right thing to do at the moment. But she, 
then drove me to the hospital and then she stayed with me day and night. She mm-hmm. only left when she had classes, you know, and had a, to take a final. And so, like, I think that's what helped so much. But then um, also, um, so this year alone has been a little difficult for me. Mm-hmm. So my old foster uncle, grandpa, it's it's confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... Um, my me attempting almost attempting to kill myself and then my best friend dying so like this year has just been crazy and very um eventful you could say you know because right before school started my aunt and grandma died like four days apart from one another wow and it was like a week or two before school started. Mm-hmm. So it was very like this school year alone has just been tough because mm-hmm. not only has all this gone on, but I am paying for my own school. Like I'm paying for my rent in this house, you know, like it's just very um, difficult mm-hmm. at the moment mm-hmm. and past also, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I also think like, my past is what has helped me to just be like, you know what? I'll get through it. It's just another day. It's just something that happened. But um, at Nationals, um, I don't know if you watched any of the matches, but um, my third place match, mm-hmm. uh, I was very overwhelmed with mm-hmm. emotions because so – um, I have this tattoo of my best for my best friend. Mm-hmm. And so these are the mountains. And then right here it says, hey, hey. And mm-hmm. that's actually his handwriting. And then this is the date he died. So mm-hmm. January 28th is when he died. So it's still very recent and new, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so I just broke down crying. And I hugged Vias and... Um, I was like, wow. I was like, this year might have been shit, but it's one, made me a stronger human. Two, just been, it's been an amazing year, even though it's been shit. You know what I mean? Like I've learned so many life lessons. I've grown so much as a person and I just hugged her and cried. And I was just like, Fias, I couldn't have done this without you. I was like, you never gave up on me. You always believed in me. You didn't let me go in that downward spiral with school and all that. And so I was like, thank you. Like, I couldn't have done this without you. And then Krenzy, uh, the match he was coaching ended shortly after mine. And so I went and talked to him and I hugged him and I said, thank you. And he's like, for what? Because he was a little confused, you know, like he wasn't in my corner for my match because he was coaching somebody else. And I was like, thank you. And he's like, what? I was like, thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for sticking by my side. I was like, I seriously could not have done this without you guys. Like you guys pushed me throughout the year to make me one, a better wrestler, two, just a better person in life. And I I was like, I just have no idea where I would be without you guys because 
you guys have helped me so much this year and even last year, you know, because um, last year, <laughs> uh, my brother that had raped me was trying to find me. Like he was trying to find my name, found out I went to Grandview. Like it was a scary situation, you know, and with my family two and a half hours away and me being in Des Moines, like it's not like they could come up and stay with me. You know, I was in the dorms, but it's not like I could go home and be safe with them because I had classes, I had practice, I had competition, you know, and so they like called campus security and all that to make sure that like nobody was let in without their ID or stating who they were and like proof that that's who they were, you know? And so that really helped me. And then um, they were like, I don't care if you have to move off campus for a little bit of time, we will find you a place to live. Like you don't worry about it. You know, he was like, we will keep you safe. Like, there's nothing that we wouldn't do for you you know what I mean and so like they helped me really find myself and then Diane my old teacher and my instructor my old instructor but like my mentor now she really helped me find who I am like when we hang out sometimes we talk sometimes we play games sometimes it's just a quiet me time you know what I mean sometimes I'm literally have my headphones in and I'm coloring you know but it's just the presence of like your mentor there helping you being there for you that helps so much mm-hmm. how did you know you said that it's been even though it's been a tough year it's been an amazing year yeah that's that just sounds like an oxymoron you know like I, I I'm just you're so positive and you're always kind of seeing the good, but I guess a person in your situation has to, in a way, you know, because if I just look at it and I'm like, wow, my aunt and my grandma died. mm -hmm. Wow. My grandpa died. Wow. I almost killed myself. Wow. My best friend just died. Like, you know what I mean? If I were to focus on those things, I would be even more down and depressed than I am naturally. You know what I mean? I always just try to find the joy in life and the positive things in life. And I've really noticed that when I focus on the positives, Mm -hmm. it makes life seem like it's not so bad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when I sit there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got a 70 on this test. I did so bad at practice today. This competition was just, I shouldn't have lost that match, you know, Mm -hmm. but I instead look at it as, okay, I got a 70. I have room to improve. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. This practice might've sucked. Maybe let's go lift or Hey, today sucked tomorrow will be better at practice you know what I mean Mm -hmm. oh no I lost this match I shouldn't have lost okay I had a learning experience I now know what I can and can't do I know that I need to work on my technique for this or I now know that I need to add to my technique for this you know what I mean and it just helps me look at life and 
like a bright color instead of everything being dark and gloomy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how has wrestling kind of helped with all of that? Um, Wrestling has helped with it because like, it's always a learning experience for one and for two, like (coughs) when I am wrestling, um, it's like nothing else matters. Like when my best friend died, I immediately got on the mat. I wasn't competing because I wasn't in the mindset to compete, but I was on the mat. I was practicing. I was lifting because it helped me clear my mind. I, like it just helped me so much. I was invincible. Nothing could bother me because nothing else mattered, you know? As soon as I open those doors to the wrestling room, everything is gone. That test I failed, that bad match I had, that bad practice from yesterday, it just is all gone. And today's a new day. Today is going to be a great day. Like, I'm going to have a great practice. I'm going to learn so much with, like, technique. I'm going to get so much stronger as a wrestler. I'm going to have fun while doing it, you know, just keeping my wrestling and my life separate but together because I can't leave everything outside of the wrestling room. You know what I mean? But (coughs) I can then also bring my wrestling outside of the room. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can have that same mindset when I'm in class, when I'm taking a test, when I'm walking around to my day-to-day life, when I'm at work. You know what I mean? It's just... You keep them separate to an extent, but you bring a little bit of each into the other. Mm-hmm. Like I bring some of my frustrations from my life into the wrestling room to motivate me, to help me stay going, to be like, oh, that girl did this. Boom. I'm going to take out some anger on her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's just when I walk back out of that wrestling room, all of that anger, that frustration, everything is just boom gone it just helps so much how did you go from you know you just said you weren't in the mindset to wrestle later on in the year a little bit but how did you so how did you go from being in the hospital to your best friend passing away to getting third place at nationals um so i dedicated nationals to my best friend Hayden. And so um, we met through wrestling. And so that's kind of why dedicating the season and the tournament to him, just one made so much sense to me and two just helped me get through it, you know, because I don't know if I could have done it any other way, you know what I mean? because so many people would have had like use that as an an excuse to be I can't wrestle I'm just not there mentally whereas I turned it around and I said you know what I'm gonna do this for hey hey I'm gonna do it for him because I know he would be following along he would be messaging me he'd be watching my matches you know just to know how my tournament is going and so um like, that's why after my last match, I just 
fault in Vise's arms also is because I also ter- told her, I was like, Hayden would be so proud. Mm-hmm. I was like, he would just be amazed of how far I've come this year, you mm-hmm. know? And then like, as soon as I hugged Vias and I hugged Crinzy, I went to the back hallway and the first person I called was Hayden's mom. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was like, Heidi, I know it's not the results we wanted, but I know Hayden would be so proud. And she was like, he really would, hon. It's amazing of how far you can go and how far you've come. And yeah, so it was just, it really helped me to dedicate it to him and to know that he was there. He was watching me. He was looking down on me. He was supporting me. He had his hand over me, protecting me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Gosh, and you know, all through this, you're you're also with Grandview, the wrestling team. How so? It seems like they have been really supportive in all this, as well. Um. So when I had to be hospitalized, um, mm-hmm. I didn't tell anyone on the team just because a little bit I felt embarrassed because yeah. I'm supposed to be the happy, funny the loud one, you know, the one that no, that nothing gets them down. And so I felt almost like I had one betrayed them mm-hmm. two was letting them down because I'm not that happy, fun, who cares person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, but I did tell like my wrestling partner, I did tell like the girls I'm really close with on the team. Mm-hmm. And so like, when I first came back, so after I came home, um, it was almost like they were watching me, but they weren't watching me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they just wanted me to know that they are always there for me. They're always down to hang out, do homework, whatever. Like I don't think for three weeks I was alone you know what I mean I always had somebody hanging out with me and like I told them I was like guys I'm not gonna kill myself like I'm getting the help they're like we know that we know but we just want to make sure you know you are loved you are cared for like you are somebody to us and I was like oh like and that also like hit me hard when Mm -hmm. they said that yeah so they were very supportive yeah. And, even, you know, I, I know I've been there too, where it's like, okay, yep. I had my incident. I'm out of the hospital now. I'm fine. I'm fine. And they're not, they're like babysitting you, you know, like you, you kind of feel that way, but they're not, they're there. Like you're saying, just to support you. And like, you know, maybe they feel a little guilty on the inside too, that they didn't see it, you yeah. know? And so they're just trying to show their support, you know? So that's, and that's really important in that time. And, you know, yeah. so I applaud them for that too, you know? Yes. So, and, and your coaches too, you know, allowing you the time that you need. And, you know, was it your decision to to wrestle the rest of the year? Yeah. yeah. So since I had missed, so when I was hospitalized, it was finals week. Okay. Ooh. And, um, but I came back and my coaches, they were like, 
I, I told them, I was like, hey, I want to get on the mat. You know, they're like, are you sure you're ready to be on the mat? I was like, yeah, I'm ready. Like, put me on this mat. Like, I need it. You know what I mean? Right. And I, they also saw that I needed it, but they didn't want to push me. You know what I mean? And so I got on the mat for national duels, like three weeks. No, not even three weeks, like two weeks after I'd gotten out of the hospital. You know what I mean? You're competing. Yeah, because I I needed it for my mental state. I needed it for my physical state. And some of my matches, I didn't wrestle to my full capability. Mm-hmm. But I, I still want them. I still pulled through in the end. You know what I mean? And so I think they realized that it really helped me, you know, because on the way to national duels, I was just down and depressed. And you know what I mean? And then after national duels, it was almost like I was a new person. I was joking with my teammates. I was laughing. I was smiling, you know, and like, I think that has something to do with one being there with my team, being the being there with those that care for me and love me and just, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. And how about, it seemed like you were kind of getting back to a sense of normalcy a little bit. Yeah. You know, how did the, so were you able to take the finals since it was finals week? Um, so I could not take my finals. And so I had, but since it was still technically last semester's like national duels fall in like last year's last semester's eligibility. And since Mm -hmm. I was eligible last semester, I could wrestle at national duels, you know, but so for the longest time I was like, at the beginning of this semester, I was trying to take finals. I was trying to keep up with this homework that I had with these classes that I had. And then my best friend died. And so like, I was trying to do all of this at once. Mm-hmm. And then finally my teachers got in my grades, I think a day before conference. And so that's what really allowed me to wrestle at nationals. Because mm-hmm. at first, my professor, like, she was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to grade it. I'm going to grade it. I'm going to grade it. And I was like, uh-huh. I need it graded now. <laughs> I was like, you have to turn it in. I was mm-hmm. like, this is my last chance to wrestle this season. I was like, I might not make it to nationals, but this is my last chance to wrestle. I was like, I need to wrestle. I have to, I have to at least weigh in and get on the mat just once. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So thankfully I won conference. So I was able to go on to um, nationals. And so, which then allowed me to get third. And then it also made me realize that um, like everything I went through mm-hmm. helped me to get there, to get to third. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, there, there have been some positives too in your life, you're a two-time state champ, you know, uh, you were 2021, you were folk style nationals champ. Yeah. You know? So all that, that you've been talking about, you, you've had some big wins in your life too. And I, I want to focus on some of that too, you know, um, yeah. what was it like to win your, you know, your first state title? 
at Glenwood? Because you were at Glenwood when you won that. Yeah. Was it like an um, NWCA? Is that what it was? I'm not sure. I forget. Because it was, wrestling wasn't sanctioned when you were in high when, school. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, I'm not sure. Huh. But um, it felt really good. Uh, my coach was there. And so uh, Coach Radford, he had coached me since I was little. And so he was one of the few uh, at the time when I was six, I were like, no, I think it's great that she's wrestling. I want to encourage it. I want to, you know what I mean? Like times are changing. Girls are going to be on the mat, you know? And so to have him in my corner when I won my first state title was one really neat. And then my senior year, when I won my second state title, he was also in my corner. And then my parents were in the stands. My dad went to the state tournament my junior year, but my mom went to the state tournament my senior year. And to me, that was a big thing because my mom had never really supported my wrestling just because I was wrestling guys. She didn't want me to get hurt. She didn't want um, something bad to happen. You know, she just didn't want me wrestling guys. And Mm -hmm. then she slowly started to get into it and realize like, Oh, okay, maybe it's not as bad as I think it is. You know what I mean? Because realistically, not that many people get injured during tournaments and practices and all that. You know what I mean? And so um, my senior year when I won state, uh, I don't know if you ever saw that video on IA Wrestle of somebody climbing over the... No. uh I'll have to find it, but it's me climbing over and just hugging with my mom and crying. And it was just super sweet and special because that was the first big tournament my mom had ever gone to. And then now, like if my mom has the time off from work, like her and my dad are driving to watch me wrestle and she's cheering for everybody on the team, Mm -hmm. like conference since it was in Oskaloosa, um, my mom and dad were there and she, you could hear her from the other side of the gym. And like, I don't know if you've been to William Penn's like indoor, like field house type thing, but there's literally, you could fit like a football field in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And at the other end of like the football field, you could hear my mom go red go blue. <laughs> like, I might not know everybody's name, mm-hmm. but she's cheering for him loud. Wrestling moms are the best. They are crazy in a good way. <laughs> yes. So my, um, oh, I have to show you this picture because it's just too funny. Um, after I won conference, I was looking at some of the photos that the photographer took. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you can see my mom in the background. <laughs> so if you look at the photo, you know, yeah. it's just me getting my hand raised. Is that your mom standing up like this? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Me too. I just, 
she's just now one of my biggest supporters Mm -hmm. and like the best one I could ever ask for, you know? Yeah. Gosh, that's awesome that she was there to witness, you know, how, how satisfying was it to, to win that conference tournament, to punch your ticket to nationals? I mean, you were kind of in limbo. Yeah. For the longest time. And so being it was nice. It was really nice. One to get back on the mat. (laughs) Two, to like it was kind of like a fuck you to some people because um people were going around and saying oh abby's not going to nationals i heard that somebody beat her on her team and that's why she's not wrestling and she's not gonna go to conference and da 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 and i was like wow y'all don't even know what's going on right I was like, okay, whatever. So I, I just, I just kept it to myself, you know. And I was like, hmm, I'll show them eventually. Mm-hmm. I'll wait until the time is right. And then I went to conference, and I was like, mm-hmm, yep. And then I went on to the nationals, and I got there. And I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, not going to nationals, okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So to me, it was a very satisfying fuck you to those people because. Like they just had no idea what was going on. Two, they didn't they didn't even bother to ask, you know, when that's fine by me. You don't wanna know, don't ask, but don't go around talking shit after, you know what I mean? And then uh, of course, you know, after I got I got third, it's always the first people to text and message you and be like, Oh my god, congratulations. I'm like, Mm -hmm. huh, crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Is that, though, have you kind of, I don't want to say gotten used to it, but, you know, I'm sure along the way there have, there has been lots of people who have doubted you, whether it's from, you know, a wrestling standpoint or even like a sexual assault standpoint or a rape standpoint, you know, that people are not believing in you. So how do you channel, have you been kind of channeling that just your whole life? Yes. So, um. It's nothing new that people don't, one, believe in my abilities, two, believe me when, like, when I was little and I said I was raped and abused, like, so many people didn't believe me for the longest time until finally, like, a social worker came in and CPS and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, like, we need to get you out of here, you know? And so, um, like, going through that, for such a long time at such a young age to then um, being scared to talk about being raped in high school because that stuck in my head that, oh, nobody's going to believe you, da 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 you know. But then finally, like, when I came out and I told somebody about it, like, I got a phone call from an old coach and he was like, Abby, I am so sorry that ever happened to you. Like, that's not right. Like, he should have never been on the team before or even after that if he was capable of that. And I was like, it's okay. It's not your fault. And he goes, no. Like, I looked at you as, like, a second daughter of mine, you know, and I was like, I get that. I understand that. And so, like, one, that helped me a lot with, um, okay, people – people believe in me now like they're gonna believe what I say 
And um, then like with believing in my wrestling, I've always been so nervous and scared before like any match. So my mm-hmm. first match in college, I actually bawled my eyes out before because I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. And Krenzy, he was like, what are you crying for? I was like, I just, I can't do it. I'm so nervous. And, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and he was like, Abby, you're fine you're a beast. He's like, you're going to go out there and you're going to win. And you're just going to destroy her because at the time, one, it was my first match of my whole car college career mm-hmm. Two, I was away from home. And not only that, but my dad wasn't in the stands like normal, you know? And lastly, she was ranked seventh or eighth in the nation at the time and so I was like I'm just gonna get my ass kicked and then I'm so scared and then um crazy he calmed me down you know and he was like you're fine you're gonna go there you're gonna kick her ass you're gonna do good you're I was like but she's so good and he's like okay and so are you mm-hmm. I was like no I'm not and he, he's like just go out there do your thing and you'll be fine and then like I ended up so first I got taken down because I was still scared and nervous and all right. that. And Crenzy, he's like, what are you doing? Stop being scared. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like out there crying basically. And I was like, you know what? What are loose? I, I'm going to be okay. You know, I was like, I'm just going to do my stuff. And I finally did my fireman's and then I pinned her and like, a minute something and I walked off the mat and I was like still like nervous because I mean I had to go on to the next wrestler and, yeah. <laughs> and I was like frenzy and he's like stop you just pinned her I was like I know and uh, he was like she was the highest person ranked in this like bracket I was he was like you're fine you're fine Abby I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> So that really, yeah. Wow. And you know, I, I was my own worst enemy when I wrestled, you know, I was, I would get so nervous and so tight and I never really knew why, you know? So I applaud you for being able to, to fight through. Do you still get nervous to this day? Like, Mm. you know, yeah. Yes. Like I don't cry anymore before my matches. (laughs) (laughs) but I also think like some of my anxiety medicine has to do with it a little bit you know because um I guess being unstable or like not normal is what mentally ill people are called I guess you know so then when I get to that normal mindset I then get the normal amount of nervousness that like a regular athlete would have somebody who doesn't have severe anxiety, you know? And I like, I talk myself out of it. If that makes sense. I'm like, I'm fine. Like I've been way more nervous than this before. I have nothing to worry about, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm not standing here shaking and crying. I'll be fine. You know? So. And then, this year, like, it's kind of helped me a lot because, yes, I care if I lose, but I know it's not the end of the world just because so much has happened this year that I'm like, okay, 
I lost a match, you know, like I'm still going to be upset and mad about it, mm-hmm. but it's not throwing headgear things that you normally see from athletes that are losing. And then like when I lose also, like my biggest thing is uh, it doesn't matter how many times you win, but if that loss that you have and you're throwing a fit and screaming and yelling and throwing things and just, you know what I mean? Like that's going to stand out more than any win. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. like when I'm coaching, I always tell my girls we win with class and we lose with class. Mm -hmm. I was like, if it's not the national finals or it's not like the state finals and you do some big celebration, I'm sorry. I was like, no, I will make you run for that because wrestling is all about class. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. very important to, be classy throughout the whole thing. So do you coach? Yeah. Really? Where do you coach yeah. at? Um, so this past, not this past weekend, the weekend before, I believe, um, I coached at AAU State. Um, yeah. One of the girls from Glenwood. And then one of my friends that's still in high school, I coached her. Um and then just if somebody walks up to me and they're like, hey, I don't have a coach for this match. Will you come and coach me? I'm like, of course I will. Like, mm-hmm. no problem. You know what I mean? And I love coaching because, like, the the little girls notice me. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, so I was at the AU State, and I was just standing there talking to one of my girls, and – as a people watcher and like a people listener, I heard this little girl. She goes, daddy, daddy, daddy. He's like, what? She's like, that's Abby. He's like, what? She's like, that's Abby, dad. And I was like, I was like, that is so sweet. Mm -hmm. It's so cute that like all of these little girls look up to me, you know, it's just so heartwarming Mm -hmm. because yeah, I've gone through a lot. But wrestling has, one, helped me with it, and two, like, it's affecting the other girls. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, these little girls now, so, like, when I was little in wrestling, um, some of the tournaments I would have to uh, register under a guy's name because they wouldn't let a girl wrestle. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, even if I, like, pin the dude, they wouldn't call it, they wouldn't, like, do anything, or even if I won by points or whatever like sometimes they wouldn't even raise my hand and like they would put the dude down in track as he won you know what I mean I was like wow this is horrible but it just makes me more thankful that these girls that I'm coaching and these girls that look up to me don't have to go through this Mm -hmm. so what was your what was your uh, male pseudonym say what what was your male pseudonym? Were you like Andy or something? Um, it was, yeah, Andy or Andrew, you know, just sticking with the A. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so. wow. Yeah. You know, that's, I've talked to some, you know, female wrestlers that had, that went through the same thing, you know, to, to wrestle in, yeah. you know, wherever they had to put down a different name, you know. Yeah. Or so. sometimes not even being allowed to weigh in because you're obviously not a 
guy, you know. So, really? So they'd like catch you? They'd be like, Andrew McIntyre? And then you'd walk up and be like, wait a second. And they wouldn't let you weigh in? Yeah. Uh, huh. And they probably didn't refund you, you know, because you got paid. No. Of course not. No. Wow. Dang. So you've, you've just been through, even getting through that roadblock of just even being accepted in the wrestling community, you know. Yeah. Do you still get, hear whispers you know, I was somewhere the other week and, and I heard, you know, somebody was like, I had an Iowa women's wrestling shirt on, mm-hmm. you know, and um, somebody was like, oh, are you, you know, affiliated with them or whatever? I'm like, no, no, I'm just a fan, you know, fanboy, you know, and yeah. it, it was an older woman and she was like, yeah, I just don't know about all that. And I was like, what? You know, I didn't say I just I sh- I guess I, you know, should have said something to be an advocate. But I, I just at the time, I, I kind of was stunned. I was like, what? So, like, you still get, you know, or hear that from time to time? Yes. So my junior year when I won state, um, I either it was Glenwood or it was IA Wrestle or somebody from Glenwood shared the video, you know, on to like the Glenwood buzz. And um, this old man that I have never met before, he was like, I'm sorry, but this lady should not be wrestling men and da, 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 da. I was like, if you were to one, watch the video or two, open your eyes, you would see that I am wrestling another female. You know what I mean? And he goes, well, still, it's unacceptable. It's disgusting. It's whatever. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know. And then um, not too long ago, um, either it was like a close family friend or it was my sister that like posted uh, like a screenshot of Flo with me getting my hand raised. And they were like, that's absolutely disgusting. And da, 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 you know, mm-hmm. and then like growing up religiously, um, my church didn't really accept it at first, you know, because they're the typical Baptist church where you shouldn't wear tight clothing or nothing should be exposed or mm-hmm. you shouldn't really be touching a guy. You know what I mean? So they didn't support that for a while. So like, sometimes I would get called out in like sermons and I'd be like, yep, I wrestled. <laughs> yeah. It's not, you're my dad. So yeah. I don't really care. So. so almost like that, like you said, when you won conference, that big F you is almost yeah. also to everybody who has ever doubted you, who has ever said anything about you wrestling. You're like, here I am grand yeah. conference champ. Now you're an all American. Yeah. First, because that was the first sanctioned NAIA tournament. Yeah, um, but technically, I think they're still counting the past All Americans. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. so yeah, hopefully, I can become a four-time All American. Gosh, yeah. Have you? Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, have <laughs> you sat and thought about that, like all the stuff that you've accomplished over the years. You know, have you? Um, I know you're still in the process of accumulating accomplishments, but you know, you've, you've made some pretty big, you've done some pretty big things. Um, I wouldn't say I typically sit and like look back just because uh, I, 
I would like to say I'm humble. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm, I don't want to get a big head. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit back and be like, oh, I'm going to beat you. You know what I mean? Because like anybody can win. Anybody can lose. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Joy, I've wrestled her like two, three times last season. And then a few times this season also. And she's either won by like eight or nine points or teched me, you know, like no problem. And then like the semis, I was winning at a point and then I stepped out. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like, I almost got her to step out, but she was like running away at the end of our match. And I was like, I so could have won that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was, it was right there, you know? And so like anyone can win or lose, like, um joy she had an undefeated season and then she lost in the finals you know Mm -hmm. so like i just keep that mindset that anyone can win or lose like yeah i might be having a good tournament right now but maybe i'll lose the next round you know like i have to i can't get a big head because i still need to focus on my technique my like wrestling just all all of wrestling combined you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I guess that's why that's the typical response I do here is that, you know, like wrestling, they are very humble because it's such a humbling sport. Yes. But what I like to do is I like to bring a little bit of light and appreciation to the accomplishments you have done because you won't do that to yourself. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I want to bring that out and be like, gosh, take a second. All that you've accomplished, you know, it's pretty amazing in general, just, you know. Abby McIntyre, yeah. All-American. That's pretty – that's a nice ring to it, I would say. It does. <laughs> now we just need to get to the Abby McIntyre National Champ, you know? Yes. Yeah. That, that's that's what you're fighting for. It is. And my goal is right there. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Abby McIntyre, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. I also have a new website you can visit at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care, and we will see you next time. Let's talk your